one, and we are officially live on the Jonathan Kogan Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. How do we get started today? We got to get started with a proper intro. So as we do on most podcasts, we start with a proper intro. Kick it off, DJ. Yeah. Oh my God. All right, we're back. We are so back. We are so back. All right, everybody. This is the Jonathan Cogan Show, number one apolitical podcast in the world. No biases, just truth. No agenda, just truth. Who would have thought in 2023 there'd be a huge market for just telling the truth? But there is. So be it. Got a few things we got to go over. Some very, 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 very important things. But I just want to say I'm so thankful to be with you today. I appreciate it. If you're new, please subscribe to the Jonathan Cogan Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to the YouTube and Rumble channels. And also Twitter at KOGZ. And now, let's kick it off. First thing, cluster bombs. Cluster bombs. So cluster bombs. All right. Cluster bombs, they're banned everywhere. There are only evil people doing it. It's so wrong. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Well, you know what? We should probably send it to Ukraine. It's, you know, it's probably a good idea. But what, what about World War III? Nah, whatever. That's good for the military-industrial complex. That's good money, baby. World War III is fantastic. We want to ramp it up, baby. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is just crazy, all right? And then, listen. I, I respect Jason Calacanagan on All In Podcasts, but he says, oh, so let me get this straight. Some tweet, like, let me get this straight. So Russia can use illegal cluster bombs, all this stuff, and then we can't send it to Ukraine? It's like, that is horrible logic. So you're saying, like, China can suppress their people and put the Uyghurs in concentration camp, death camps or, like, you know, work camps where they work to death, basically. Well, we can't do that here in the United States. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? You can't use that logic, my man. Come on, Jason. Come on. Listen, cluster bombs is bad. And I want to go through why it's bad. We're going to go through some history. All right. We are going to go through some history of cluster munition is the proper term. But we call it in the east or the east. What the hell am I talking about? The West cluster bombs. I swear I'm part of the West. Okay. I'm not an operative from the East. All right, here we go. A cluster munition is a form of airdropped or ground launch explosive weapon that releases or ejects smaller submunitions. Commonly, this is a cluster bomb that ejects, ejects explosive bomblets that are designed to kill personnel and destroy vehicles. Other cluster munitions are designed to destroy runways or electrical power transmission lines. All right. Now let's get to something more recent. Cluster munitions are prohibited for those nations that ratified the Convention on Cluster Munitions adopted in Dublin, Ireland in May 2008. So while the world economy was melting, and you probably didn't know what was going on besides the fact that the world economy was melting, uh, that was the you know the great financial crisis. We saw, we were part of those nations that signed this uh, that adopted this treaty. The convention entered into force and became binding international law upon ratifying states on August first, twenty ten, six months after being ratified by thirty states. As of February tenth, twenty twenty two. 
A total of 123 states have joined the convention as 110 states, parties, and 13 signatories. All right. Now, why is it bad? We can go in the history of how the Germans use it, this and that. But I'm sure you already assumed that. Uh, and if you didn't assume that, well, now you know. So let's get into why it's back. History of use. Let's go back to the Vietnam War. Okay, the Vietnam War, by the way, talking about lying and saying the opposite's true, up is down, left is right, this person's winning the war and this person's losing the war. The Vietnam War was a lie, okay? And then the Pentagon Papers exposed the lie, right? Now we are playing deja vu all over again and we're doing the same thing. They're lying, okay? Saying, oh, Ukraine's about to win and really they're getting crushed. This isn't a biased take. This is We just tell you the objective truth. It's uncomfortable. It'd be fantastic if, if uh, Ukraine beat Russia in a day. That's what we want on this podcast. It'd be fantastic. But it's not happening, okay? So we just need to talk about the truth. So they're getting clobbered. And for out of uh, a desperate measures, we're willing to break international law. Now, why is it so bad? Here's an example why it's so bad. In Vietnam, during the Vietnam War, the U.S. used cluster bombs in airstrikes against targets in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. Of the two, listen to this. Listen to this. And if I pronounce the provinces wrong, I'm sorry. I don't know these provinces. Okay. So if you're in Vietnam, help me out. Just let me know at KOGZ on Twitter. Of the 260 million cluster bomblets that rained down on Laos, did you hear that right? Okay. Yes. 260 million cluster bomblets. That rained down on Laos between 1964 and 1973, particularly on Zhang Quang province, 80 million failed to explode. So there were 260 million, 80 million failed to explode. As of 2009, about 7,000 people have been injured or killed by explosives left from the Vietnam War era in Vietnam's Quang Tri province alone. Alone. So innocent civilians are dying from this ammunition, dying from these cluster munitions, these cluster bombs from a Vietnam war from 1973 at the latest. People are still dying in 2009. They're dying today. This is a pro-civilization podcast. I'm sorry if that offends you. We're old school. We love humans. We're obsessed with humans. We are speciesists, okay, as they say. And we want the best for civilization and humanity. We're anti-war. We're anti-bombs. Uh, we're you know anti-killing others. We are pro-lifting each other up, pro-positivity, pro you know bringing human civilization to the next level. That sort of stuff. Great awakening, all that stuff. Not crimes against humanity. We're not about that life. Okay, that's Fauci, Bill Gates, all those people. They love that stuff. We don't do that. Okay, we do the opposite. It's the inverse. And that's why things get confusing because there are still good people on this earth. So that's going on there. Now that's not, this, it goes so much deeper than this. Ready for this? Um, we've already used these illegally before. Okay. And without, uh, Congress approval. So like the South Lebanon conflict in 1978, according to us president, Jimmy Carter, the, this use of cluster bombs violated the legal agreement between Israel and the U S because the weapons had been provided for defensive purposes against an attack on Israel. Israel also transferred American weapons to Saad Haddad's Lebanese militia, a violation of American law. Carter's administration prepared, prepared to notify Congress that American weapons were being used illegally, which would have resulted in military aid to Israel being cut off. The American Council in Jerusalem informed the Israeli government of their plans, and according to Carter, Prime Minister 
uh, Begin said that the operation was over. So, oh, you made a mistake. Just say it's over. Okay, it's over. All right, no problem. Um, I mean, the Western Sahara War, 1975-1991, Soviet-Afghan War. Now, don't forget, it became illegal. We, we, we really signed the treaty in uh, 2008, became active in you know 2010. So let's get more recent, shall we? In Iraq, remember the success of Iraq, how great and fantastic we liberated them. We gave them democracy. Now there's just like human slavery and people just selling other people's souls and it's just chaos. It's terrible. But we gave them democracy, baby. We gave them the best democracy ever. You know what that democracy is? Cluster munitions in your ass. That's what it is. I Listen, I'm sorry. It's uncomfortable. But that's what we basically do. We put cluster munitions, we put it in your butt, and then we go beep, and it blows up. Okay? That's basically what we give to other countries. Okay? Anyways, Iraq. 1991, 2003, 2006. Oh, wow. We have a lot of fun with Iraq. So 2003, 2006, United States and allies attacked Iraq with 13,000 cluster munitions containing 2 million submunitions during Operation Iraqi Freedom, you know, to liberate the people. Of course. Spread democracy. You got to save democracy. In order to save democracy, you must subvert democracy. To save democracy, you must usher in a dictatorship. And if you really want a democracy, you need martial law, dictatorship, and one-party state. You know, you know the game now. If you're new, you'll catch on soon. At multiple times, coalition forces use cluster munitions in residential areas, and the country remains among the most contaminated to this day. Bomblets posing a threat to both U.S. military personnel in the area and local civilians. So we're hurting our own people. Okay, we're our own people. These are so dangerous because what happens is, is it's, it's this massive bomb. Think of a massive bomb that's dropped and then it spreads off into 5,000 little ones and then they, they're supposed to hit the ground, they explode and then 4,000 of them don't. And then one day you're walking, you know, your pet buddy, the golden retriever through the forest to take a dump and you step on this thing like a landmine and not only does buddy lose his legs, you lose your legs. You understand how this works? It's not good. This is an anti-peasant strategy. Anti. Okay? Anything that hurts the peasants, we speak out on. We talk back. We push back. And we try to get the right thing done, which is no cluster munitions. Listen, Russia shouldn't be using this either. I don't think they are. But we don't know. They might be. And if they are... They should be condemned for it. That is war crimes. We should lock up the country of Russia. They're terrible. But just because one country is doing something illegal doesn't mean you should also do something illegal. Okay? If your adversary is killing children, you shouldn't say, you know what? We can kill more children. Like, come on, man. I want to see Sound of Freedom, by the way. But that's for another day. So listen to how this ended. When these weapons were fired on Baghdad on April 7, 2003, many of the bomblets failed to explode on impact. Afterward, some of them exploded when touched by civilians. USA Today reported that, quote, the Pentagon presented a misleading picture during the war of the extent to which cluster weapons were being used and of the civilian casualties that they were causing, close quote. On April 26, General Richard Myers, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said the U.S. had caused only one civilian casualty. So let me give you the takeaway from this little piece of information here. They constantly lie to you to think that these same crooks are telling you the truth in 2023 is like saying you're going to trust Ted Bundy to watch your kids at night, okay? Or you, you want Ted Bundy to drive your wife to the movie theater to meet you, okay? Ted Bundy was a serial killer who ate women, all right? What is going on here? These are the same crooks. It's the same group of people, man, or woman, or whatever you are. It's the same thing. It's crazy. 
all of a sudden now they're being all truthful and stuff. You could see through the psyop if you just look, baby. You just look. You could be freed. You could be part of this awakening. Spiritually, metaphysically, physically, all of it. We want you to be here, but you got to look through the psyops of this corporate media. It's an enemy of the people. It's truly an enemy of the people. Uh, then we got, then we used it after 2010. So pay attention. So we got Libya, 2011, Syria, 2012. We don't like to talk about Syria, do we? Uh, Ukraine, 2014. I should read this little excerpt. This is from uh, Wikipedia, by the way. Ukraine, 2014. Human Rights Watch reported that, quote, Ukrainian government forces use cluster munitions in pol in uh, populated areas in Donetsk city in early October 2014. Also, quote, circumstances indicate that anti-government forces might also have been responsible for the use of cluster munitions, cluster munitions. So this is the same government. I mean, Ukraine, well, the anti-government became the government. So really it's both sides. So both are at a loss here. You're talking about really there was a Russian government that was democratically elected. The West overthrew that government. Obviously, because that's what we do. We spread democracy by overthrowing democracy. Um, and that's that. Then it was used in, uh, by the way, Saudi Arabian led inter in Saudi Arabian led intervention in Yemen, 2015 and 2022. How much do you even know about Yemen? Like if they, if they change this whole narrative from Ukraine and said, we need to liberate Yemen. It's all about Yemen, 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 put on your Yemen flag, all this stuff. People would do it. You could pick any, Ukraine just a random country of the world. You like it, uh, if you're talking about it in terms of strategic geopolitical interests of the United States of America specifically, like Ukraine, you could just pick anything, pick Yemen, pick uh, Ethiopia, pick, uh, it doesn't matter. They could pick anything, put it over and over on the mainstream media and all their little, you know, their little uh, so-called journalist crux, propaganda outlets, disinformation specialists, or expert on misinformation. You're, that means you're a deep state journalist Scum, scum, Russian scum, like <laughs> Keith Olbermann. Oh my God. So yeah, and you all you do is CIA and FBI talking points. All right. That's what these people do. They're not journalists. They're hacks. They're not even hacks. They're literally, it's amazing these people do it though, because they're living in the very situation we are living in. And yet they're willing to throw everything away, throw the United States away, throw our freedoms away. For what? An extra what? Like hundred grand, million dollars? Like, what about your kids or your kids' kids or like your family? Like, you're still living in the country. Why do you want to get rid of the country? Like, people are willing to overthrow our entire quality of life for what? Like, why are you going along with these narratives? I don't get it. It's so confusing. So, um, and then there's a whole section on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Obviously, they got to get there before you get there, if you know what I mean. And that's that. So. Point is simple. The punchline is we don't want to go to World War III. Yes, we're already in World War III. Yes, it's about to be absolutely insane. But no, we don't want that, do we? And if you want World War III, I'm okay with that. But then go fight. Don't just cheer from your like office cubicle or at home on your laptop and say, oh, World War III is great. And then someone else's kid goes over there and dies. Like participate, okay? Participate. That's all I'm asking. All right. Just like the people who want to depopulate everybody. Well, participate. Okay. Please, please get on the table and participate. That's the end of the cluster bomb segment. Very important. All right. Big day today. Big day today. Very, very big day today. The massive free speech case, which friend of the show, Jay Bhattacharya, 
is is uh one of the uh, uh plaintiffs and then you also got Aaron Cariotti and a bunch of physicians um of how the government colluded illegally with social media sites to censor the speech of Americans against the law total orwellian just the whole printout of from this judge it came on July 4th the first issuing was so damning it was unbelievable and obviously it's not covered on the same channels that were illegally recruiting or legally colluding with the government. Of course, they're not going to out themselves. In fact, they twist it and you look at the Washington Post. It's like, oh, dangerous ruling is going to prevent stopping the spread of disinformation, which means the truth that goes against the narrative. Uh, but it was so damning and it was like unbelievable that this judge spoke the truth and was great. And we all saw it. And they go, you cannot censor the speech of Americans. The government, they have a, the, the government cannot infringe on the first amendment of its own people. Okay. You can't tell social media companies, you can't meet with them every Tuesday. Okay. And be like, Hey, censor Joe Schmo over here because we don't like his takes on vaccines or we don't like his take on the Ukraine war. No, 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 no. We debate ideas. Okay. America's founded upon the idea on ideals. We discuss, we debate, we have open dialogue. That's why the first amendment is freedom of speech. All right. And she said, you can't do that. The judge said, you can't do that. That is unconstitutional and illegal. And it's very scary how far you overreached. And immediately when that ruling came in, what do you think the Biden administration did immediately? They appealed it. They appealed it to censor you. They literally put in an appeal right away to censor your ass. Okay. They put an appeal saying, Hey, we need to be able to censor the people to protect the people because they know the truth's coming on. They need to control anyone who does the censoring is not a good person. Okay. Look at history. Please learn history. I'm begging you to learn history. People who censor speech are doing it because they want, they need to prevent other information from coming out. They're doing something wrong. It's not that hard to understand. Apparently it is for some, but it is what it is. We're getting there. So, um, they immediately put in a request to appeal it, to say, we need, we need to censor the speech, right? Today it came out that the judge denied the appeal, baby power to the people, baby power to the people. It was denied. The government's request for appeal for the, for the injunction was denied, baby denied. They cannot meet with the social media companies for breakfast every Tuesday to talk about which Americans they want to deplatform and remove from society in the digital sphere because it's unconstitutional and illegal. That happened today, baby today. So very, very good day. Very, very good day. Very happy for Jay Bacharya. Very, very happy for you, man. We love you here. Now, last little thing we got to get into this, this indictment case, this, this Mr. Luft. Okay. So there's this guy who's on the run who has a lot of info, allegedly on the Bidens. All right. Doing some very illegal stuff. And he's on the run because they're probably trying to kill him and stuff like typical stuff that goes on in 2023, apparently. Uh, and uh, he put out a video and uh, I'm going to play that video of what this guy says. And right after the video happened, which was only a couple days ago, I was going to play it, but I had to investigate to see if it was legitimate. I can't just give you source information that is fraudulent. So I didn't play it the same day this came out, but I did watch it. But now I'm going to play it today. And after he posted this video that you're about to listen to, it's about 13 minutes. The DOJ is coming after him 
saying coming after him for massive massive allegations to shut him up because he has the goods he has a lot of goods on the ruling family right now that basically sold out the country but that's not here nor there the purpose is is that you go after the rule why are people protect it's amazing people are protecting like let's just say that this family that's running the country sold out the country for that 30 million plus dollars and it's treason you want to go down in history as protecting those very people like, let's just let the truth come out, whatever it is. Let's just, let's just have a, you know, like a, a trial. Let's just see what happens. Let's look at the evidence. Let's not prevent the evidence from coming out. That's bizarre. It's almost like everything they accuse the prior president of they're doing. It's like mind blowing. It's crazy. It's really crazy. So let's play this segment first. Oh, let me read the, uh, let's read the tweet for, from, from a uh, can with a great. And then I'll play the video. So this is what happened today. And then I'll play the video that he came out a couple days ago. Can't go with a great on Twitter. Fantastic follow. Mandatory follow. In a stunning twist, the Biden DOJ indicts Dr. Gal Luft, a Biden corruption whistleblower, for not registering as an agent of CEFC China Energy, while Hunter James and Sarah Biden simultaneously collected millions from CEFC China Energy without registering, also violating FARA. That's the foreign, uh, you know, uh, uh, agent registration type deal. In a widely known text message from July 2017, Hunter explicitly demanded payment from a CEFC executive stating, quote, I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father, close quote. Just 10 days after Hunter's threat invoking his father's involvement, CEFC wired $5.1 million to bank accounts linked to the Biden family. This is the current president of the United States, the Bidens. This is crazy. Moreover, Ye Zhangming, the chairman of CEFC, gifted Hunter a 3.16 carat diamond valued at approximately $80,000. In an email dated August 2017, Hunter mentioned that Ye Yangming had agreed to pay him, quote, $10 million per year for a three-year guarantee totaling $30 million, close quote, solely for providing introductions. What? What is going on here? What is going on? What What is being paid for here? Is anyone else curious? I'm very curious. The current president is involved with our biggest adversary, and they're paying him $30 million just for, an, for what? Nothing? For friendship? Come on, man. This is wild. I feel like that's something Biden would say. Come on, man. I'm not joking, folks. I'm not joking. Subsequently, in a November 2017 email, Hunter and CEFC collaborated on plans to sell U.S. natural gas to China, as outlined in a Mandarin-translated PowerPoint presentation titled, quote, Overview of the U.S. National, oh my God, Overview of the U.S. Natural Gas Industry Chain, close quote, featuring detailed topographical maps of U.S. natural gas reserves with annotations in Mandarin. Oh my God, did they like give away secrets of all of our locations where everything is. This is like, what is going on here? Maybe it's not, maybe I'm looking too far into it, but why would someone give 30 million to a ruling family, a powerful political family for nothing? I imagine they're on the hook for something. Hunter wrote, quote, I hope that you have received the information I sent regarding the LNG liquid natural, liquefied natural gas opportunities in the state of Louisiana. The proposal I've shared with you has the added benefit of being good for both the United States and China simultaneously, close quote. Reports suggest that Joe Biden was set to receive 10% of the CEFC China energy deal referred to as the quote 10% held by H Hunter for the big guy. Hmm, Probably Joe Biden, close quote. A claim later confirmed by Hunter's business partner, Tony 
Bobolinsky, which I've seen videos of. While the Biden Justin De- Justice Department accuses Dr. Gal Luft of FARA violations on behalf of CEFC China Energy, it conveniently overlooks the far more egregious FARA violations committed by the Biden family in connection with the CEFC China Energy. And he's got pictures with all of these documents. Unbelievable. So he's got pictures of of uh, the allegations against Gal that they, the DOJ just uh, filed. Here's the PowerPoint, a picture of every location of where we have our natural resources with Mandarin outlines. Here's the care. They, they show the uh, 3.16 carat color F clarity V cut is excellent. That's $80,000 diamond. He got for friendship. And then here's the actual text Hunter Biden text to Henry Zhao. I am sitting here with my father. And we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. Hunter Biden says, I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Oh my goodness gracious. This is probably not good. These people are running the country, but maybe it is. Maybe it's very good. Who knows? So let's play the video from Luft. And then let's see why he was indicted. He was indicted right after this video was released. And he's currently on the run, but he released this video. Gotta love the internet, right? All right, here we go. Here we go. My name is Dr. Gal Luft. For the past 20 years, I have been the co-director of the Institute for the Analysis of Global Security, a Washington-based think tank focused on energy security. For the past 15 years, I've been of Israel. And for four years, I was senior advisor to the China energy company, CFC, at the same time of its dealings with the Biden family. Under normal circumstances, I would be testifying before Congress about my experience with CFC. Sadly, due to circumstances I shall describe here in this video, uh, I am forced to tell you this story via video. My ordeal goes back to uh, a fatal decision I made in March of 2019 to share with the US government my knowledge about the Biden family's relations with CFC. As I said, it was in March of 2019 in a two-day session at the U.S. Embassy in Brussels. I insisted that the meeting take place in March because at the time there were rumors that Joe Biden was planning to run for president. I saw it as my civic duty to alert the government beforehand and give it enough time to probe the issue. I want to be clear. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I have no political motive or agenda. I did it out of deep concern that if the Bidens were to come to power, the country would be facing the same traumatic Russia collusion scandal, only this time with China. Sadly, because of the DOJ's uh, cover-up, this is exactly what happened. The DOJ sent to Brussels a delegation of six uh, people, two prosecutors from the Southern District of New York by the names of Daniel Reichenthal and Catherine Ghosh, 
and four FBI agents. One of them was Special Agent Joshua Wilson from the Baltimore field office, which also happens to cover the state of Delaware. Now you want to ask yourself, why did the government dispatch to Europe so many people? Why six? Why not two? The answer is that they knew very well that I'm a credible uh, witness and that I have insider knowledge about the group and the individuals that enriched the Biden family. Over an intensive two-day two meeting, um, I shared my information about the Biden family's financial transactions with CFC, including specific dollar figures. I also provided the name of Rob Walker, who later became known as Hunter Biden's bagman. Uh, yet, as we now know today from the whistleblower testimony, uh, Gary Shapley, it took the DOJ a whole 21 months to probe the issue and to actually talk to Walker. But perhaps the most alarming information revealed was of a mole within the DOJ who shared classified information with Hunter Biden and his Chinese partners. I told the DOJ that Hunter was closely associated with a very senior retire, retired FBI official who had distinct physical characteristic. He had one eye. One of the FBI agents at the time even told me, you know, that would be very easy for us to find. There aren't that many one-eyed people in the Bureau. The information I provided the FBI in March of 2019 was fully corroborated nine months later when the famous laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, which contained all the emails and receipts, was handed to the FBI. And guess who seized the laptop from the computer repair shop? It was Special Agent Joshua Wilson, who was with me in Brussels earlier. In other words, the FBI knew about, uh, from me, about the Biden CFC deals, before they got hold of the laptop, way before. They had enough time to investigate the issue, but they didn't. After Brussels, I never heard back from the DOJ, but instead of showing appreciation for my whistleblowing, I became public enemy number one. Over the past four years that followed, me, my family, my friends, my associates, we were all harassed, intimidated, and finally, I was prosecuted. Despite all that, on the eve of the 2020 elections, I sent my lawyer to Washington to meet with then acting Deputy Attorney General, Mr. Richard Donahue, to ensure he was informed about the information I had given his department in Brussels 19 months earlier. And also to warn him that there may still be a mole within the DOJ. Mr. Donahue confirmed to my lawyer that he was aware of my claims, but now we learn from the IRS whistleblower that it was Rich Donahue himself who suspended the investigation a few weeks earlier on September 4th, 2020, on the grounds that it was, quote, too close to the elections. 
finally, in February this year, I was arrested in Cyprus on an extradition request from the Southern District of New York, the very same office that met with me uh, in Brussels. A seven count indictment said I violated the export, uh, Arms Export Control Act, and if I convicted, I would face up to 100 years in prison. While I was detained in Cyprus, I was portrayed in the international media as an arms dealer, even though I never traded a bullet in my entire life. In fact, nowhere in my indictment, the DOJ claimed or presented evidence that I bought, sold, shipped, or financed any weapons. I was also charged with acting as an unregistered agent of CFC, which is a FARA violation. The DOJ says that I caused the payment of $6,000 a month to former director James Woolsey um, in order to put his name on an article I had ghostwritten for the China Daily newspaper. Nowhere in the indictment, the DOJ mentioned the well-known fact that Mr. Woolsey had been uh, an advisor to my think tank since 2002 and that there was nothing in the article that represented Chinese interest, to the contrary. The notion that I, Gal Luft, spoon-fed a CIA director with policy proposals on China, treating him like a useful idiot, is not only an insult to the intelligence community, it is an insult to the intelligence of every American. The US government claimed that I acted on behalf of CFC, and therefore I'm a foreign agent. But let me tell you a little secret. The same CFC that the US government claims was associated with the Chinese intelligence and, quote, an international criminal organization was a 501c3 charitable organization registered in the state of Virginia and approved by the IRS. The same organization was also a major donor to the Clinton Foundation and Columbia University. Needless to say that none of their executives were charged for any wrongdoing. If CFC was indeed a foreign entity tied so closely to the PRC, why was it allowed to operate freely as a public charity? Why did the government expose taxpayers to the risk of funding an entity it knew at the time was so compromised? Why did they, did they not warn anybody? Isn't the role of government to protect its people? I'm also being charged for making a false statement in Brussels. But why was I in Brussels to begin with? Was I there to eat Belgian waffles? The DOJ charged me for making a statement in a voluntary meeting that would have never come to bear if not for my good citizenship. So let me propose an idea. Why won't the DOJ make my indictment public? Do it. Make my day. Put it on your website so that every American can see the nature of the allegations against me the quality of the evidence, and the length the government is willing to go to weaponize the justice system to punish whistleblowers like me. I have another idea. Why won't the FBI submit to Congress the minutes from the Brussels meeting? Let everybody see what happened in Brussels. Why not? 
Are you trying to protect anything? Are you trying to protect anybody? I also hope that the DOJ can explain why they targeted me in Cyprus and not in my home country of Israel, where I reside most of the time. After all, the U.S. shares a bilateral extradition treaty with Israel. So if any of my crimes are real and serious, and this is not just political prosecution, why did the U.S. need to sneak up on me during a short visit to Cyprus? Do they not trust the Israeli judicial system to judge this issue on its merits? What's going on here? Also, why did the DOJ wait six whole years, well beyond the statute of limitation, to indict me? And why did the DOJ choose to unseal to the, the indictment on November 1st, 2022? the very same week of the midterm elections. Could this have anything to do with the fact or the fear that once Republicans gain control over Congress and begin to investigate, their cover-up would be in full display? And perhaps the biggest question of all, why am I being indicted for FARA for a ghostwriting an innocuous article for which I received no payment, let alone from a foreign government, when the mother of all FARA cases the Biden's systemic influence peddling on behalf of foreign governments for which they raked millions goes unpunished. This is in a nutshell why I decided to act the way I did. Because I do not have faith uh, that I would receive a fair trial in a New York court. So there's a minute left, but I'm going to stop it there. So this is how empires end. It, you, what happens is at the, at the end of civilizations, there's peak corruption. Every part of civilization, society, and the government ruling class is corrupted to like, everybody knows that they're corrupted. They know we know they're corrupted. You know, the Shinitsin, you know, uh, little quote there. They know, we know, they know, they know, everybody knows, okay? The corrupts are so bad and everything's sold out. And then boom, Civilization starts collapsing. That's where we're at, baby. That's where we're at. I mean, whether you like it or not, it's not about liking things. It's about where we're at as a society. This is peak corruption. We potentially even have a sitting president that has committed treason and or sold out the country for money. That is a decent probability and rather much more high than I would like. Okay, much more high than I would like. It is very, it is, there is a probability that is not zero that the sitting president of the United States has sold out the country. The most powerful family right now has sold out the country. And that is the current president. And people are going along with this thing. Say, Oh, it's fantastic. Oh my God. Everything's so great. Oh my God. He's the best president of all time. It's like George Washington plus Thomas Jefferson plus Abraham Lincoln plus everybody. Oh my God. No one's ever been this bold and leadership is unbelievable. What are you out of your mind? Like what? What? What are you talking about? At least just say, okay, things are good or like he's all right. People are out there saying this is the best president and vice president we've ever had ever. George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. These people had nothing. Franklin, you could do FDR, whatever you want, whatever your cup of tea is. All of them combined is nothing on Joe Biden. Like you are totally brainwashed, okay? If you are just apolitical and objective, you'd be like, okay, everything's upside down. We are at peak corruption. Everybody knows this is like 
the most ridiculous corruption of all time. And yet the people pointing out the corruption are the ones that are being gone after. People are going after the people pointing out the corruption. So if you point out wrongdoing, you'll probably end up behind bars. That is literally peak corruption. That's where we're at. That's where we are at. Someone's got to call it out. Someone's got to do the right thing. That's what we're here for. Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. So that is how, so now that guy is being persecuted by the DOJ. You see what happens? You do something for your country, and if the ruling, man, there is a decent shot that the Bidens have committed treason. That is unreal. I mean, first of all, accusing a sitting president of colluding with an adversary like Russia and for three years, you're saying Russia, 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 and then impeaching him for that. And it's not true. And it was a dossier that was made by the person he ran against in 2016, Hillary Clinton. And then the FBI knew that and still persecuted it. And it was totally false. That's basically treason. I don't know how that's not treason. A sitting president of the United States, and this isn't in defense of Republicans. I'm not, I'm not political. I'm just saying that is ludicrous. Any sitting president being accused of being a puppet of the foreign regime, in that case, Putin, and all of that was totally made up from Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party pushed to the FBI, and they knew that the whole time. They knew that. And they still went after it for years. And Rachel Maddow devoted her entire career to Russia interference, Russia interference, Russia, and it wasn't true. That's treasonous. My God, that is like, that's nuts. No one got in trouble, though, and that's why they're doing it again. Now they're doing it from the top position. Now they're the president, and now the thing they accused that person of doing is probably committing treason against the biggest adversary, China. I mean, it's unbelievable. This is unbelievable. It's like, talk about peak corruption. It's possible at the end of civilization where we can turn the ship around with our brothers and sisters, point out the corruption, get out of the centralized system, start building your community, start getting out of the centralized uh, financial order, all that stuff, because uh, this stuff's breaking down, baby. It's breaking down in front of your eyes. It's time to be set free. This is the John the Kogan Show. Subscribe to your podcast. I'm done for today. I'll see you tomorrow.